if anyone deserves to talk about money, I'm like, it's women. Like we deserve to talk about money. And, and when women are getting it, I'm like, yes, like, because we are not being paid what we're worth. And at least in entrepreneurship, we have the capacity and the power to get what we're worth. Hey there, you're listening to the Jeresha Said Podcast, episode two. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each season, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve, sell, and scale your consulting business. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. If you are ready for a transparent, all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, corporate engineer turned online business consultant, Jerisha Hawk. Powerfully poised in entrepreneurial activism and global empowerment, Megan Ward is the incomparable impact leader, strategist, and branding maven, consistently positioning women for greatness in business and life. Megan has created an enterprising network of women as owner of Creatively Flawless, a branding agency for women-owned businesses, owner of Femology, Detroit's first female-focused co-working space, and creator of The Powerful Woman, the acclaimed movement highlighting powerful women in Detroit, which cultivates rich experiences for women to embrace, learn, bond, and uplift through sisterhood. Megan and I met back in college at Western Michigan, and I am so excited to bring this interview to you where we're going to dive into the back end of her business and really how she's been able to grow this network of businesses that she currently has today. My business is literally busting at the seams right now. I'm like, I have to grow. Literally, like when I see our peers, like Danielle, Leslie, and reach that million dollar mark, I'm like, yes, like do it, girl. But then you're like, you see your own business. You're like, okay, I know I can do that. Let me see what areas that I've been procrastinating about. Like in your groups, like when you post, like, where are you at in your business? It's like, yeah, at the $250,000 mark, but. (laughs) But. (laughs) What do I need to be working on? So, yeah, I'm excited because I've seen that there there are people who are trying to reach, like, other goals in their business. And so sharing, like, our journeys can definitely be helpful. So I'm down to do this. This is the first time I'm really sharing, like, the insights behind the scenes. So, yeah, I'm excited because I was like looking on iTunes and I know that you were on Workaholic podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I listened to that and I'm like, that Morgan needs to be. Well, I know that you do a lot of other PR more like in magazines and publications, but so yeah, I'm just excited the audience to learn more about what you've been able to do because I mean, knowing you since high school, I mean, since college. And then like you doing my makeup back in the day for, I know, like, and to see how we've both been able to just grow and you've been a constant source of like motivation too. I'm like, Megan is constantly growing, constantly pushing herself. One thing I love about you is how much you honor your boundaries. And that's something that like, I guess outside looking in, I can totally, at least that's what it feels like. You do a really good job honoring your boundaries. Something I've been working at getting better as I'm growing my business too. So yeah. yeah, I'm pumped to share the story. You know, it's tough. 
it's really tough. I mean, when I first started, you know how things shift and you mm-hmm. like these aha moments over and over again. It's definitely changed. Yeah. Like trifold, it's changed. So I'm excited to share. Yeah. So you want to like start off by sharing. I mean, like one, we knew each other in college. I know background in like fashion and makeup and like just share how the side hustles you were doing even back in college and how that's really fueled into the business you have today. Gosh. So we met in college. Yeah. At Western Michigan. And at that time I was going through like self-discovery phase where I was getting my feet wet every single thing I could think of. So at that time I was doing fashion shows. So I was doing fashion shows independently downtown Detroit, where I was putting them on with my business partners at that time. We were like 19, 20 years old, like super young. (laughs) And that was great though, because I had my first kind of immersed, I was being immersed into business, right? And I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer makeup artist, this, yeah, which is funny. (laughs) I laugh about it because once you realize what your purpose is, you laugh at the things that you tried and thought were your purpose, Mm. you know, but they serve, like it still serves me. I still love doing makeup and fashion, but it's just not what I was meant to do on this earth. Mm. And you have to honor that. And I had to honor that. Like when that came, it was like a woof. Like, I was like, this is not my purpose. What do you mean? God, like, why? How was, like, was there a defining moment or were they these gradual signs that are like, mm, I love doing this and this is a huge part of maybe like my passion, but it's not the purpose that I've been placed on this earth to do. Like, when did you notice that? Once I started getting my feet wet in expertise. So like, mm-hmm. I always have this thing you have your hobbies and then you have your expertise, right? Your expertise is going to make room for your purpose. Mm. So once I started learning, okay, I'm good at being creative and I'm good at being like a businesswoman, but I'm really, really best at connecting with women. And so once I started to merge my expertise with connecting with women, that's when I started to kind of have these aha moments. And so my expertise is branding, like brand strategy and visual identity. And so once I started doing that, then I started getting all these opportunities. And I'm talking about broke college students. Then I was securing like a thousand dollar a month contract in college where I could pay my rent and my bills, you know, and didn't have to work 60 hours a week just to make ends meet. Yeah. And so I was starting to realize, okay, my purpose is making a way for me. You know, I'm still kind of learning this thing. But yeah, that was a defining moment. I love how you just described that. And even like when you first started getting those initial contracts and offering your service, like what were you offering back then? And how has that evolved? Because You do branding and you do websites and brand identity, but you do that for like the new upcoming entrepreneurs, but you do that for, you know, global brands. And also like even now with speaking that you do with the embassy, like on a even completely different type of global scale, what do those services look like at the very beginning and how have you been able to leverage that over time? Yeah. So in the beginning, I just started to think about what people needed. And it was very generalized in the beginning because it was my first time doing it. So I remember when my first client, she was a woman, she had a very small business. She was a hearing teacher and she's like, you know, I need a logo. I need identity. I need a website. 
mind you, Jay, I had no experience in business, which is cool. We learn as we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I literally taught myself that. But what I started to realize is that there was this whole another atmosphere in business that was really the meat of the business. It was like how it operated, how it functioned. And that was like selecting your process, your packages, you know, X, Y, Z. So when she asked me how much I charged, I didn't have an answer for her. And I remember going home, going on Google. And then I promised myself, I said, the next time I get a client, I'm going to make sure that I have packages prepared for them. So ended up getting a client six months later, which was like a law firm with like three partners and went up there suited and booted. My suit was from the Goodwill. You do all thrift shop very, very well. So right, right. So ended up creating this portfolio for them. And at that time it was logo design services. It was website. And then I had the option for them to stay on board with me for six to 12 months. Mm. And so what that consisted of was me keeping their website updated, fresh, also posting blogs for them. And then I had an add-on where they could get SEO, where I would keep them, look, making promises. Right. (laughs) We're going to figure this out. I would keep them on the first page of Google. So ended up signing, like, they ended up cutting me a $2,000 check that day thousand or two thousand, I can't remember that day, and then ended up staying on a retainer package for the next three years. Mm, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was pretty insane. So that was kind of like my first big deal. And I even from that, like how did that turn into creatively flawless? And give our listeners just a little bit of background on what creatively flawless is all about. But how did those one-off retainers and like these ongoing relationships that you were like getting here and there, how did that turn into the brand of Creatively Flawless and the services you offer there? Right. So with these clients, I was really getting my feet wet and my expertise and having it function as a business. So getting my process in place, how to actually service, deliver. And I think that's the thing about service-based businesses is that, yeah, like we offer services, but we have to deliver on excellence. You know, it's like, if we say that we're going to keep them on first page of Google, like the client is going to be like, Hey, like, am I on Google? You know? And so I really use them as a test run, a test run to see if I could do these things. And so kind of like trial offers or yeah, these were like my trial offers that I was doing. And so once it worked, once I said, okay, this is working, I started getting more clients. Then I took a pivot. I said, okay, I'm taking on these small businesses. Most of them were men. I said, I want to target women just like me who are experiencing the same challenges, issues, are in the same phase of business as me. And so that's when I started branding myself as kind of like this brand strategist for women entrepreneurs. And so that was very basic though. That was like the first pivot. And that's when I launched Creatively Flawless, which started off as a boutique agency for women entrepreneurs doing graphic design and branding services. Mm -hmm. So how long was that time period from when you were kind of doing the trial, testing and error with some of your initial services to when Creatively Flawless was actually launched? So... That was like my third year of college. I want to say that was 2012. Okay. Launch Creatively Flawless 
2014. So yeah, two years of testing and like creatively flawless. I feel like it just like blown up. And even with that, you were selling logos, brand identity websites. Like I said, for started off with women just like you, but how were you able to take those services and leverage that to get more of these like larger scale, like because you do brand packaging, correct? Yeah. Um, Explain us that transition. Cause I think a lot of people like, how do I go from doing websites for people who are just like me to like, now your stuff's in target Sally's like, how did you make that leap? Yeah. So that leap was pretty organic. I would say definitely being consistent, being consistent in understanding that people are watching you and they want to be a part of the process. So people even like CEOs and executives, they were watching me from afar. So they kind of seen the story of me being this college student to crafting my skill set. Like mm. I remember posting, remember how we used to post like three times back in the day? Like yeah. <laughs> you just needed to post. I would just post like things that I was working on or even if it was like an organization or something I was doing pro bono, but they were a part of that process. And so they seen my skills curate you know, from these projects. And I started posting more of my work. And yeah, my first big deal as Creatively Flawless was Allocate Naturals, which is a multi-million dollar brand all across the world. And I remember she's like, okay, like I want to bring you on for a retainer. And this retainer was like insane amount of money. Honestly, the Allocate Naturals contract, you guys, allowed me to leave my job. So that one contract, I was like, I'm done. Like this contract, I'm making triple of what I'm making at work, you know, at work. Like, see y'all later. (laughs) You know about that life. Yeah. And then you're like, it makes sense. Like, I'm happy. I love what I do in my business. Like I'm leaving this job. So like, I never recommend people like to leave a job and then your business is not making money. Like, that's not smart. Say that again, because I think in this online space, especially everybody's like, just go take this leap, be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, there's a smart way to do it where you can really allow your nine to five to fund your dream and build the bridge so you can make a very comfortable, I mean, it still may be like fears may come up for making that decision to really step into this new life of freedom, but you got to have at least some type of foundation you're going to be jumping off of once you leave. Right, Um, right. I'm all for Like my job funded my business all the way. Like I was buying domains. I was buying fonts. I was buying, you know, (laughs) all these different things. And I was buying subscriptions. Like even like now, like Adobe Creative Cloud, I think it's like $60 a month. Look, my job was paying for that. Mm. So yeah, like use it to your advantage and it's a tool. And then another thing, Jay, like I'm sure the processes that you learn in corporate America, that you can apply that into your business. Totally. I'm like, if I would have one more year, one more year in a corporate American job, like I would have been a millionaire the first year. Mm. Did you not like the processes? I'm like, you guys, they're like beasts. Yeah. We're trying to, that's something that I think talking about that, getting over that 300K mark and then being able to scale to a million, a lot of that is much more internal in your business and how your business is operating and functioning and like automating that lead generation more so than like, I don't want to say necessarily like hardcore business strategy because you've already tested your concept and proven the concept. And even like for that, just for the listeners to know, like what did your services start at? And like, where'd you start at lowest price point? And then what's like the biggest contract you've landed since being in business? 
So I love to talk about that journey too, of how the money has like, we've been able to elevate. (laughs) (laughs) I think I love that question. Actually, like I'm super comfortable with that question because when I left my job, I was making $14 an hour. And another reason in me quitting is not getting a $3 raise. So like, (laughs) if anyone deserves to talk about money, I'm like, it's women. Like we deserve to talk about money. And, and when women are getting it, I'm like, yes, like, because we are not being paid what we're worth. And at least in entrepreneurship, we have the capacity and the power to get what we're worth in a day. You know, started out, goodness, like, okay, October, 2014. If you guys scroll to my Instagram at creatively flawless, which I don't post because we'll talk about that later. (laughs) If you scroll down 2014, I did a black Friday sale. And that was 2014. I was still at my job. I made, I think, six or $7,000 in a day. And that was from $50 business cards, $400 blog sites. But at the end of the day, I had like 60 projects. And I was like freaking out, like, how am I supposed to get all of this done? And so now, like, I don't even do business cards. I don't even do flyers. I don't do any collateral. Like you can't come to creatively follow us and say, Hey, I need a media kit. Like it's not going to happen. And like Jay says, that comes from creating signature services. So if you're coming to creatively follow us, more than likely you are a personal brand. If you're not a personal brand, then you've infused yourself to a certain extent in your brand. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is we're taking your business concept we're creating a brand strategy, how you're perceived, and then we're turning it into a visual identity. Sometimes I get clients who have that done, right? And if you have that done, that's great. Like, then that means you can jump on retainer. And you jump on retainer if you can meet a certain quota every month in projects or project minimums. So the highest contract that I've had, gosh, I've made 200000 off one client. Look at God. I mean, yeah, it's been a wild ride. I'm talking from $14 an hour in 2014 to making 200000 off of one client in 2018. So it's definitely been a journey. I can definitely say it's not easy. Like my days, so outside of like my co-working space that I have downtown Detroit, as well as speaking for the embassy, which I travel every couple months, I'm like at the computer, getting it in, grinding it, grinding it out every day, like a core part of my job is taking a concept as just an idea. I'm talking about text, words, idea. Hey, Megan, we have the idea of doing this type of product, right? Mm-hmm. And then turning this into a full-size campaign or packaging or whatever it may be. A lot of times I get minimal direction, minimal direction on what needs to happen. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, being creative. Now, I've had to honor my creative process, right? Mm. Because I'm not creative at 8 a.m. Like, it's just not happening. And (laughs) my business banks on creativity. So we've had to create a process just for creativity. Mm. You know, from idea to concept, what happens in that process? And so one, it may be just, you know, brainstorming. Then we take it to inspiration. Then we take it to a mock-up. Then from that mock-up, we create different variations. Mm -hmm. From those variations, what does that include? Color variations, you know, design style variations. Then from there is a prototype that we have to send to the printer. 
honestly, Jay, some projects have taken a year. I'm going to be wow. percent honest. Yeah, a year. I did a seven-piece collection, and it took a year. And I love that Like, there's time that has to be equated into the process. I think a lot of us are just like, okay, I got a website. I'm about to go knock it out. And it's like, and if you're operating at a certain level of excellence, and I think Creatively Flawless is one of the best in the game, I think that does that. Even though it may have taken a year, like this is brain collateral for a business. Like how long is that year process going to be earning an ROI on the design that you did? So yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. And I'm glad that you just shared that. But I know that you're really, really big on networking and intentional, which is building relationships. And I know, I think I've heard you say that you really accredit networking as a huge part of just how you've been able to grow the business is just through those individual relationships. How have you been able to connect with the right people and ultimately like the right clients to grow and scale your service-based business to what it is today? No, I think that's great. So I definitely feel like the laws of attraction apply here, you know? Mm. Because you do get people who don't want your services because they're high priced or, you know, I remember changing my prices and some people are like, well, you cost too much for me. And I'm like, you know, that's totally fine. I definitely believe that there's a client for everyone. And I'm like, if you're not for me, then you're definitely for someone else. And I'm like, I even send out referrals. I'm like, you can try this person, you can try this person. But networking has been game changing for me. It has gotten me closer to my goals than any other type of marketing that I've done. I can meet one person, secure a deal. Right now, I'm working on securing a deal through my mentor, right? So I think that it goes to definitely social media, right? That's the first free, free and easy. It's the first free and easy way that we have access to anybody in the world. Now, with that comes branding yourself online, right? Totally. No one wants to just be a part of someone who's not authentic or who isn't serious about what they do or isn't representing themselves in a way that makes you want to be connected with them. Mm. So I remember when I started doing that, then I started attracting a different type of clientele. Like one of my favorite clients literally is Kendra from the finance film. Oh, yes. So I did Kendra's color palette and logo maybe like three years ago. Yeah, maybe like three years ago. And she's one of my favorite, but she's someone who has taken like the branding that I've done and has just created an empire from it. Mm-hmm. And so I love those clients. Like if you're coming to me, I don't want you to think that I'm just designing a logo for you or I'm just mm-hmm. consulting with you about your business looking cute because I'm creating million dollar brands. You know, it's like if you invest this 5,000, 10,000, 20, whatever our quote is. I want you to make a million dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not here for the play. Like if you're <laughs> not at all. You know, if you're like spending five thousand with me and you're only making ten thousand in a year, like you haven't used your branding how it should be used. So yeah, like networking has been amazing. I would say aside from social media, going to different events, but when you're going to these events, not having small talk. Like, I think small talk is cheap. I'm not for it. I don't think that it brings any value. Like, don't ask me about the weather. Like, <laughs> I'm not interested. I'm like, what's your purpose? How can we give each other value? What can we bond over? What's your expertise, you know? Yeah. Um, how can we change the world together? That's what I'm about. If not, like, I'm sorry to say I don't have time for it. 
This episode was generously sponsored by Acuity Scheduling. We are all ready to make more money and serve more people. But if you are in an email ping pong game with potential clients struggling to schedule your next call, let me introduce you to my software sugar daddy, Acuity Scheduling. Look, if the need to easily schedule calls and collect payment is holding you back from actually making money in your business, you need a simple solution. You need to have an automated process that handles all of the administrative and payment collection tasks for you. You need something that integrates with your calendar so you never miss an appointment and sends reminders to your clients so they show up on time. You need Acuity Scheduling. I've dated all the top scheduling softwares that the interwebs have to offer, but nothing has come close to Acuity Scheduling. I've been rocking with Acuity Scheduling for two years and counting. They continue to exceed my expectations and they are always making improvements. That's real love. And to share the love, you can visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hustle to get a 45-day trial to test it out for yourself. You will thank me later. Visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hustle to get your 45-day trial of Acuity Scheduling now. So I want to dive into each one of those avenues a little bit deeper because you said social media is a great way for you to connect with pretty much anybody in the world, but you don't really post on Instagram. You said that on Creative of Falls, you don't post anymore. You will post every blue moon, but like help us understand that a little bit more. It's like, what's your strategy behind why you choose not to post as often or really at all? Yes. Yes. So, so I took a break. So 2015, I got married. I had gray in 2016 and then at the end of 2016. So 2017, I took a break. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna really get off this social media thing because I had been on it for years, like since 2012, I'm talking like posting three times a day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to give myself this one break. But I was like, during this break, I'm going to see the impact of human relationships in real time have versus the impact of relationships on social media. Mm. And once I had that, it changed the game. It changed the game full throttle. And so I still use social media as a tool. Like if for my brand, Filmology Detroit, we're very rooted in social media. But as it relates to like my design business or my personal brand is really fueled off of human relationships. But a lot of these human relationships have started on social media. Mm. So I don't want you guys to get that confused with not be on social media. No, people are like searching for you, like yes. Google. <laughs> and they're, <laughs> they're clicking like the first five links that you have coming up. And then from there, then it's like, what happens? And you have the power to determine what happens from there. So a lot of the times, if I feel like a relationship is, if we're worth each other's time, like, you know how you get those DMs and you're like, can we meet for coffee? <laughs> and, then like, like, and then you what? like, okay, I have, on my end, it's like, I have a husband, I have a child, I have friends, you know, I have a family, I have mentees, mm-hmm. mentors who I could all give time to. Then you're like, what value are you giving here? You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that brings me to say that social media, yes, it's all in how you use social media. But the number one reason why I started or stopped on Instagram with Creatively Flawless 
is because I couldn't handle the bandwidth. And mm. yeah, it was pretty insane. I was getting 30 leads a week. It's funny. Like I, I still, it's a, I think people like pray for that, but then it's like the Oprah effect that, or just more, I think an organic authentic effect that was happening, but it's like, you now have to like deliver on that. Do you have the capacity to, to deliver to all these people? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of the time, especially with social media, it gets this, you know, you only see one side of things, mm. right? So if you post really beautiful imagery and you have this amazing storytelling feed, then they think that's all it. But on the back end, it was like I was busting my butt to even respond to emails. It was like, if I missed a day, I'd be in the whole 50 emails. Mm. And so I really had to scale back and look at my business and say, okay, to handle this type of bandwidth, what do I want to happen? And what happened, Jay, is that I determined I didn't want that type of business. Mm. I didn't want 100 clients a month. And so that's when I changed my packaging, my pricing, and I got more specific in my market and who I wanted to actually serve. That is beautiful. And I'm so glad that you just shared that. Because I think a lot of us like, I want more leads. I want more leads. But you really can earn significantly more money by working with a less amount of people and still have your sanity and your, like what we started this business for in the first place, like the time freedom yeah, without yeah. sacrificing that. So the second prong of that you said is networking and going to events. Like how do you, before walking into a room, what is like the criteria that you use to select which events you're going to say yes to and which events you're not going to not going to attend? Like how do you evaluate that before you make that decision on going? Right. So I definitely look at what areas of my business need help, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, okay, I could really use a business loan or I could really use more people at my events or I could really use a mentor, then I'm always looking at, okay, these are the areas and then I'm sourcing. Like I keep on my calendar, even if it's things that I don't go to, it's on my calendar. If I have the capacity in that week to go to that event, then I'm going. I think there was an, an investment event last week that I had on my calendar. I couldn't make it, but it was still like, I'm still knowledgeable on what's happening in my area or if it's things out of state, then I know about it. I'll be at a couple conferences next month. Yeah. In the next four weeks, I'm going to two conferences because I know I need to be in the room. You know how you've been investing in yourself, Jay, on going to different things of areas that you need to grow in. Totally. But it's that intentionality that I love behind it. And I think even now, like after being a year full time in business for myself, it's like I'm trying to get even more intentional with not just what rooms do I need to be in, but the people that I want to connect with, what rooms are they in and kind of reverse engineering to start to even just to build those relationships. Definitely, definitely. And the room, so scaling to a million, right? So the conversation, I'm like... I'm like, Jesus, Pete's like the meetings that are in conferences and mentors that I've had like the last six months, my brain comes out fried <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is what next level growth is like. So yeah, you definitely have to put yourself out there. But then I feel like that also comes back to how we view ourselves. If you're not walking into a room confident and sure of yourself, then people are going to sense that. Mm they're not going to want to work with you or whatever type of relationship you may want to pursue with them. Yeah. And I love how just throughout this, it's like really all goes back to like, what is your brand identity? 
Like, who are you, but who are you also inside of your brand? And how is that showing up online? But how that also, I think the work that you do plays for how people show up in person. Yeah, no, most definitely. Like even your values, like what do you value as a human being? If you're socially conscious, if you care about world peace, if you care about plastics not being in the Atlantic Ocean, you need to understand your platforms and your values. Like a lot of times I feel like when people are building a brand, it's like, oh, I want to sell this or this is the product that I want to offer. And they have no idea about any other dynamics of the brand. And so that's what branding is. It's how you perceive. It's like, okay, I know Jay cares about economic impact with entrepreneurs. You know, I know that she has her signature services platform. I know that she, her Facebook, you know what I'm saying? Like different things that are part of your brand and it just can't be one-sided. You just can't offer that one thing and then that be it. You have to understand the platforms you stand upon. Yeah. And I think that you've done a beautiful job of just displaying that, like, you know, motherhood, family, your fashion, like all that is infused. I feel like in every post, regardless if it's on Instagram, Facebook, if you in person, like you embody those qualities all the time. And I know that you have passions outside of just offering the service of design, but how have you been able to like leverage Creatively Flawless to build that into femology and then even get to the point now where you're speaking for the embassy and the women's activists for entrepreneurs, like in other countries, like how is Creatively Flawless, how have you been able to, I guess, transition through those phases to, I think, bring more of all of who you are to the table? Yeah. Like, and essentially that's what I want my ultimate goal to be is for women to just understand that you can fully immerse yourself into the world and culture and you can live a life of freedom from it. At the end of the day, like that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to share with the world from Creatively Flawless and still is. That is a platform for me to share my expertise. And then you Creatively Flawless funded Themology, right? Mm -hmm. So Themology is kind of serving as this ecosystem for women entrepreneurs here in Detroit from all different walks of life. So we have the Arab American community. European community, the Albanian community, women of color. And so femology, then that kind of sectored into global women's empowerment. And so I just want us to understand as entrepreneurs is that we don't have to do just one thing. Mm. You know, you can share. I don't believe in the one lane thing because for me, it's like I got five lanes, <laughs> you know, and I still know what I'm best that. But if I want to have a branding agency in a co-working space, you know, I feel like God is going to make room for me to do that Yeah, in alignment with my purpose. But I think you've done a really good job of like, like leveraging even your business as the platform for the next thing that you want to build. Yeah. And you've just grown it in a very, I think, manageable way in the sense like you didn't come out of the gate trying to do all the things at one time. I think you've done a really good job of like mastering one thing I guess operating in a space of excellence at one thing and using that excellence to build a platform for the next thing of excellence that you're going to be doing. Yeah. An easy thing for an entrepreneur to do is to stay stagnant. And especially when, let's just say you meet income goal. Cause when I touched six figures my first year, which I had no idea I would do something like that, but 2015, I hit six figures, right? I went from making $23,000 a year to over a hundred thousand dollars. And then you're like, Oh, this is great. I could have just sat there. But I think intuition, when you know that you have to grow, you're going to grow. It can be a struggle. Themology, I wanted to launch years ago. But 
it wasn't strategically the right time to do it. But but yeah, when you're busting at the seams, like I had to hire like now, Jay, and I think we've kind of talked about this here and there. Like I have a team like with all the brands total, I think there's five mm-hmm. people in total. So there's five people that I pay like reoccurringly. Um, but Oprah's not sitting at her computer running own network. Like I do not plan on sitting at the computer every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. What do you want life to be like for you a year from now? Like if this were a year and it's 5, 10 PM a year from now, how do you see your day being? So now it's very intense. Like I still have intense days because when you have startups, you know, you have to give a lot of time into it. So I still, a year from now, I still plan on being in startup phase, but definitely hitting like closer toward the million mark, if not over. And then traveling more, like what culture has done for my life and my businesses have changed. I'm a change person. Like I'm not the same person that I was six months ago from traveling and I want to travel more. You know, I want to experience the world. And as far as like my businesses structure, like capacity, like I want to be able to service the 30 leads that were happening, Mm. but in teams, I believe that creatively flawless can have a different team based on each project and running it like that. And it's kind of how it happens now with my small team, but still I'm very a part of the process. I want to be able to leave the process and come back and say, hey guys, how's it going? Yeah. So I know that you're very opinionated and I think you stand firm in like your beliefs. Like tell us something that's true that almost no one else agrees with you on. Where is an area where you're like, all y'all got this wrong. This is really what it is. That's we so funny. So many things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super opinionated. I try to do it in a graceful manner. You can be graceful or choose not to be on here, but whatever <laughs> comes up for you. Gosh, is there anything? I know your big stance on equal pay for women. That's something. Well, I think a lot of us agree with it, but it's still, we need more voices in that space to get us there, I think. But I mean, equal pay is like an easy one. So I don't believe just like, and I was telling someone about this, just having a nine to five and just being okay with that. And I'm not saying that entrepreneur is for everyone, but I believe that human beings were placed on this earth to help other human beings. And if you're going to work, if you're bagging groceries, right, and then you're going home, you're eating dinner, and then you're going to sleep and you're doing it all over again, I don't believe that is a fulfilled life. I think that everyone has a purpose in this world and all it requires us to do is do the work. Mm -hmm. And the work is different for everyone. For me, I've had challenges in sisterhood and motherhood and family. And it's all about how you overcome those challenges so you can share that goodness of the triumphs and the wins with other people, right? So yeah, like some people are like, they quit after they experience something traumatic. And I'm like, God didn't set us up for this to be a preach show. Don't preach, honey. (laughs) But he didn't set us up so that when we experience a challenge, we just stop. Yeah. Because if everyone was just stopping, then this world wouldn't be what it is. So it's going to take your best self or your best you to overcome whatever. And we all go through traumatic things. And I always say, don't, don't think that you're the only one. 
Like when I'm going through my own personal things, which I do, I've had people say, you know, you portray like a perfect life on social media and things like that. And I'm like, oh, buddy, like you want some stories? Like, do you want to partake in some things that I'm going through? He's like, why do you think I'm not posting nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So yeah, like with social media, we get to, it's a feed and it's a tool. Like it's there for, to help us as human beings. In whatever capacity that is, if it helps us in business, if it helps us in purpose, whatever, and that's what it's for. So yeah, that brings me to say that after you experience something traumatic or hard or have your complaint fest and keep it moving. I always say I grant myself an hour. Like if I experience something, I grant myself an hour and then I moved on. Like it's literally out of sight, out of mind. That's such an amazing boundary I think to have. Like I know you're always on the go. What is something that you're thinking about when you're alone in the car? Like, what do you think about when you're alone in the car? When you just have like Megan time? So when I'm alone in the car, I don't listen to any music. It's super weird. I'm the same way. So I'm like, I'm not the only one. So I'm glad that you just said that. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's dead silent. I'm talking about thoughts are being thrown. Like, I'm talking about, yeah, it's pretty intense, but so much positivity through the daily challenges because the smallest thing can happen. And you're like, oh man, like this can affect my day. Literally now, like nothing can like change my energy of my day because I know I have the power over my day. Something could happen like at the business where it's like, oh, someone's locked up and I'm like, we'll get it figured out. And I think emotional intelligence is so important in having a business, you guys, because the days, it can be high highs and it can be low lows. Mm -hmm. But if you have emotional intelligence, you can experience any type of situation with a level head. That is so good. And one day you can have the highest moment and then three hours later, it's like all hell is hit, hit, all hell is broke loose. And, and four hours later, like life's back to normal. And it's like, man, that was emotional. <laughs> right. Oh, good Lord. Seriously. And probably like the last thing I want to know is since you are so creative is like, you know, let's just say you're a new addition in the crayon box. Like what color would you be and why? I want to say like magenta. Ooh. No, I'm just thinking of like the girl blues clues. <laughs> I think the girl dog is named Magenta. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're accurate. Um, yeah, like I'm super, the womanhood movement, I'm all about. And when God told me that my purpose was to connect women, I think I cried and broke and rebuilt myself like at the same time in that one statement. And so, yeah, like in being creative, I think that it's not just about creating designs or creating, you know, visual identities. It's really creating a life of freedom in a life that you were set on this earth to do. Because I could very well be in a cubicle right now, but I'm at home. Like I'm probably about to prance around before I get this logo done. Seriously, Gray's not here. They're like out getting their haircut and they're grabbing groceries. So life could be so different right now. But yeah, if I could be a color, magenta. Thank you, Megan. And where, if people are, break down where we can find you and the best place to find you based off of like all of your brands. So if we're like that new entrepreneur, where's the best place to go? If we're looking for that co-working opportunity, 
just let us know where we can find you and some of the things you have coming up that we should know about. Yeah. So personally, it's Megan Vogus, which I'm going to be changing my handle soon. (laughs) I know, right? You've had that for like ever. Man, you guys, if you get your first name, like keep it. Your first and last name, like just keep it. I think I bought for Gray's birth on his 18th birthday, right? I'm going to gift him his domain name and a website. Mm-hmm. I know it's like 17 years from now. It's like domain names are like going for the premiums now. He's OP. So anyways, Megan Vogus, M-E-A-G-A-N-V-O-G-U-I-S-T. And you can follow Creatively Flawless, but I don't post a lot on there. So a lot of times connecting on my personal, it'll do. I post a lot of my work on there. I might be posting the things that I've done that are in like Sally's and Target and those things. I'm thinking about it because, you know, like I never want it to be about the glitz and the glam. Like I'm about that real work life. But yeah. And then Femology. If you guys are based in Detroit, Femology events are lit. Like, I can't even put it into words how lit they are, but we do socially innovative events for women entrepreneurs. So we have Blogger Bash, The Femme Tank, Female Millionaires, and Robes and Rosé, and they're all geared towards creating an inclusive space for women entrepreneurs. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thanks so much for listening in today. It means the world to me that you take time out of your morning commute or during your workout or while you're at home to listen into our show. And to show my thanks, I would love to actually hop on a phone call with you. That's right. I mean, pick up a phone, dial a phone number, you know, do what our parents used to do back in the day before Instagram DMs. <laughs> but I would love to actually just learn more about you and thank you for, you know, tuning in and listening to our show. So if you'd love to hop on a call, just visit jerishahawk.com backslash chat and I will talk with you soon.